Welcome to episode 70 of All the Small Takes. Coming to you on a Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I'm here with John and Cooper. Cooper, I'll start with you. Hey, how thanks, you man. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, the four-day week uh, has me you know, very optimistic about this week. I feel pretty good. Um, both my teams won on Saturday, so that's a big deal. And I got a Manchester United win on Sunday, so it really can't be uh, any better going into this international break for soccer right now. So we're all good. What a turn from last week where uh, uh, things were down. I don't. You, you were in a, you were in a down place. We didn't do any. We didn't do you any favors. But well, it doesn't help when the you know host of the podcast doesn't ask me how I'm doing. Hey, so John, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, I think all my teams. Well, we uh, we didn't cover it last week um, because it's a it's a hot topic in the McMahon household. But it was the Mayor's Cup, Villanova versus uh, Temple mm, in football. Big, big in the McMacken household, and uh, Villanova became the first FCS team to upset an FBS team this year, I think. Out of that or the second. Um, anyway, so what, Cats took down the Owls. Dad's really bummed. Dad's bummed about that. But other than that, it was a pretty good weekend. That didn't seem to be like that big of a cup in Philly, like that big of a deal. Like that stadium was pretty empty. Oh, it's not, but it's it's a game they play. I think they played it like every year for like the past five years. Yeah. It's like that's Temple's opening game, and they've lost it a couple times, and they're okay with that, um, which is really wild to me. But I think it's I think it's also neat because it's like uh, it's the I mean it built up like the city sports scene, which is kind of cool. Did Temple lose like their head coach or something? They were on the up and up, and then I feel like he got poached, didn't he? Yeah. So the first head coach that got poached was Al Golden, um, who was recently fired as the head coach of Miami. In favor right. of Mark Rick. Then the next head coach that got poached was Steve Adazio, who is currently the head coach of the Boston College Golden Eagles or whatever the heck kind of Eagles they are. Then the next coach that got poached um, was the guy who went, who decided to be the head coach at Baylor um, and replace Art Bryles. So now they're on Jeff Collins, who used to be the defensive coordinator of Florida. And this is his second year. Mm. So there's been so, some turnover. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was. I was insightful. I didn't know any of that at all. Hey, uh, Jeff, how are you? Thanks, man. I'm great. No one cares. All right, move on. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter at Small Takes. Cooper's doing a terrible job. No, he's actually doing a good job running the Twitter account. We were active over the weekend. Cooper did not get into any Twitter fights with any eggs or bots or burner accounts. Uh, remains to be seen if that will continue, <laughs> but you run your best behavior on Saturday, and I was proud of you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Put out some good content. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us an email, all the small takes at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, leave a review. Um, so we have a few, we're gonna talk about a lot of college football, as you would expect. We also have week one NFL, we have a couple of uh sports that we want to cover that don't get as much coverage or as much love as uh, as they should. I just saw that there was a late addition to the Google Doc, so we'll start there. Cooper will take this one to you. Uh, I think I know who put this one into John. Uh, Man U relegation update. Do you have I, a? Oh. I, I I can take this one if you want. Oh to please, yeah. Sorry. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, Man United only five points out of relegation right now. So it's <laughs> I mean it's really close. <clears throat> What what where are they in the table? See how I did that table? Uh, yeah, oh, I know I like soccer. That. 
Um, well, right now they're, they're sitting 10th, 10th on the table with a minus one goal differential. So, yeah. But I th- but the important thing is, is they're only five points out. So um, the season ended today. If the season ended today, they'd be close, um, but not but not relegated. Close, but not relegated. Are, hey, John, how many points are uh, Arsenal? Well, Arsenal's in Arsenal's in ninth, so they're actually oh, yeah. <laughs> they're only uh, also five points, only only four from. points away from making Champions League. Actually, Arsenal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Do we think this is just because they're we're only four games into the season? <laughs> four out of thirty-eight, probably a little bit. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually pretty pleased with Man U. I mean, it was one game. It was a very important game. I forget who they played. That's how uh, insignificant the other team was. I think it might have been Cardiff. They looked really bad, um, but Man U looked okay, and it was an important win because soccer's on an international break, which means Man U wouldn't have had another game for two weeks, and this would have just like festered. And United's, I think the it was Forbes reported this past week. I think United is now the most expensive um, sporting franchise in the world, so they get lots of coverage. This would have festered. It would have been really bad if they wouldn't have had a good result. And they looked good. They played a very direct style of soccer. It reminded me of. Uh, for those soccer nerds out there, um, Mourinho and kind of his tactical approach when he had success at Chelsea during his first stint with Drogba's uh, forward uh, was very direct, and they just basically fed Lukaku all day long, and he feasted. Um, they looked good. That made me – it was a much better performance than had been. Okay, soccer for dummies. Why is there international uh, break right now when we just had the World Cup? John, you want to go? Well, okay, I'm confused. So first off, they didn't. If you're talking about the team that played really well against Cardiff, that was that was Arsenal. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I anyway. told you, I got. I told you, I mixed up the team because it was irrelevant. It might have been Burnley or yeah. I don't know Huddersfield. Um, yeah, who knows? Um, but they they have a game this Saturday, and and one next Saturday. I don't. I'm not sure what the international break window is. United. I'm not that, that familiar with it. John doing some hard hitting expose journalism well, on Cooper I, right now. I happen to click on Man United on my handy little app here and try to figure out who United does not played. United does not play until September fifteenth against Watford. Fourteenth. It's next weekend. That's my bad. Yeah. All right. So international break. You're welcome, John. Let me Thank explain you. it to you. It happens every <laughs> once in a while. There are certain <laughs> windows when all club teams across the world, except the United States, because we're idiots. Um they take a break from playing their club soccer to allow their international players uh, to play for their international teams. We do it right after the World Cup because pretty much World Cup qualification um, starts right away for the next four-year cycle. Uh, this, typically the first window after World Cup break, uh, is typically kind of designed to play younger players. It's, we typically also give it to you know allow like kind of a, a victory lap for teams who won. So like France will kind of get to showcase their teams and then we'll kind of get into qualification a little bit later but yeah usa announced their squad it's extremely young we're gonna get crushed by brazil um but should be fun the road to 2020 yeah and you never know brazil could 2022 chef it's okay yeah four i'm thinking olympics yeah yeah brazil could get hit by like a swath of fake injuries so you never know i mean that turf could they could your ankle for you yeah just all pull Neymar's. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay, so when I said we were going to talk about sports, we didn't usually talk about. I didn't really want us to go down a five-minute soccer rabbit hole, but here we are. Uh, what I did want to talk about, though, some baseball really quickly. I have to bring this up. I want to make an official announcement that 
Brandon Phillips is my new favorite baseball player. He's definitely he is. I like him more than anyone else in this podcast has ever liked him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because he hit the swaggiest, most disrespectful home run today against the Atlanta Braves. John, you're welcome for the three-game sweep um, to give the Red Sox uh, the lead they would would not relinquish. It was a six-run comeback for the Red Sox in the eighth inning. Then um, they coughed up the lead, and then the ninth, he hit a uh, go-ahead two-run home run, and uh, it was just majestic. If you haven't seen the video or the gif, go check it out. Um this was his first game too, bat up with the Red Sox. First game that he's seen action in. He was signed back. We talked about this in like June. And he's been doing his work in the minors and has been busting his butt. I've read articles that he's hasn't really taken any sort of lumps or like been upset about that time in the minors. He's just Brand Phillips seems like the best dude. And this was also a game in front of his hometown. He's from Atlanta, um, so just an awesome, awesome day for Brandon Phillips to cap off. Uh, the 97th win of the Boston Red Sox season. And uh, if you didn't realize, 97 wins on September 5th is, is pretty good. John yeah. Cooper. It's kind of huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't yeah. take Brandon Phillips away from me. He's like one of two baseball players I've ever liked, uh, the other being Ken Griffey Jr. Um, he's still mine. So. Are, are you just going to call Ken Griffey Jr. then? Is that... No, I'm just like, as someone who does not have an appreciation for baseball, uh, Bram Phillips has always been a player I liked. I loved his kind of, I don't know, attitude that he brought towards the game. Yeah. I thought he was funny, he was energetic. He's always like a just entertaining player to watch. And the best part is he got in that brawl with Yadier Molina that one time, <laughs> which my, my good friend Carl... Carl's fan was quick to remind me <laughs> of after today. Uh, but no, huge, huge Brandon Phillips guy. I, uh, I may or may not have to invest in a Brandon Phillips Boston Red Sox zero jersey. You don't see too many baseball players rocking the zero. I love no. that move. <laughs> I love that move. Uh, that was all I had on the baseball front. Um, Ryan Howard also. Yes. Uh, Good point. Legend of, of office TV fame. And one t- one time All Star and NL MVP and World Series champion with the Philadelphia Phillies um, retired today officially, or maybe yesterday. Office yeah, trivia. Yeah. Hold on, real quick. Mm. Can you name the uh, the script that this like title of the script that Ryan Howard wrote when he presented it to Jim and Daryl in the office? It's like it's like the big piece or something, right? Yeah, it's the big piece. Yeah. It's the big piece. Yeah, because that was that was the nickname they had for him that. Yeah, no one really used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday though that he retired. That, that's a good call. Yeah, that was he was the biggest figure on those Phillies like late two thousand teams. Yeah, and yeah, kind of a shame how it all ended for him. But you'll have to. Yeah, you know, tearing his ace, his Achilles against the Cardinals, and then having to all celebrate on the field while he crawled yeah. to first base. Yeah. Scumbag Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we can all agree on. Yep. Uh, all right. NFL, really quickly, let's hit a couple of storylines. Le'Veon Bell uh, has made headlines all throughout the preseason. He's been holding out. Um, and I think today, some of the Steelers players made some pretty uh, strong comments about how they felt that he was not with them. And 
for all appearances, will not be with them for week one of the regular season. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's really hard to disagree with the Steelers players. Like, it's, it's got to be frustrating. Um, hey, what's up, Jay? Is, is that Jay's first appearance on the podcast? No, he's made other appearances that you just might not have noticed. It just sounded like <laughs> John. Like typically, John's Michael, it's a weekly thing. Yeah. We just need to go back and rename every episode featuring Jay. Yeah. Yeah. We can bleep that out if you don't want his name. No, we're all good. Okay. All right. Um, I guess. I mean, it's it's just a letter. Like. Yeah. No, that's true. Could be Jeff. I'd be honored. Yeah. <laughs> Could be John. He'd Could be, be John. honored. <laughs> uh, okay. Thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? Anything? I mean, this obviously hurts for the Steelers, but more than anything. Um, but Cooper is. It, fares pretty well for your uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a Bengals fan, I'm pumped that they're not going to have their most dangerous offensive player who's managed to be both like a top five running back back and top ten wide receiver like for the past three years. Um, so, yeah, that's a big deal. But, I mean, I think I happen to agree with Le'Veon's side on this. Like, I wouldn't play if I were him either. They keep on signing him to... Like, he's a running back who has already had, like, serious injuries. Um, he wants a long-term deal, and they keep on giving him this franchise tag. And I would – I mean, honestly, if he sits out for the remainder of this year, some team's going to pay him in free agency next year. And, I mean, like, you look at his contracts, he hasn't made, like – he would not have made – he has not made the kind of money you would expect a player like him to make. Um. And I understand his frustration because ultimately, like, it is a job. Like, that's what he's doing as his career. His career earnings are only like, uh, that can't be true. Like, um, short of 30 mil. That's before taxes. Pennsylvania does does have an income tax. (laughs) They do. Can't confirm. Can't confirm. Um, playing devil's advocate for a second john x i guess i don't know john do you have any you agree i'm taking the players rights over the i mean i guess it's as much the players right as is the team's right because the shelf life on running backs in the nfl is shorter and shorter and the role of running back plays on the nfl offense has become increasingly smaller and smaller so i don't know i i agree that Le'Veon has every right to do this but i also don't necessarily fault the steelers for doing what they're doing like running backs are have proven that they're pretty dispensable in the NFL. And that's sort of, maybe that's a, a cold way to look at it. But statistically, he falls in the top 10 of wide receivers. Well, that's because of that's how the offense uses them. I yeah. Mean, they, you don't, you Just, don't, not every offense throws to their running back. And no, I mean, it, I don't know. So like, there, there's part of me that's like, yeah, you know, if he wants more money, he has every right to sit there and go, look, I want more money. I deserve more money. You have more money you can give me. Let's work out a deal. Because, I mean, the the thing with the franchise tag, um, I mean, in the NFL, can't any other team sign you? It's just they have to pay you at least that much? No, the franchise tag works by basically you are getting a lot of money for your position for one year. And yeah, I don't like, think I that's mean, what Le'Veon wants. You're given the average of like the top five running, but yes. five highest paid people yeah. in your position um yeah i mean that's how kirk cousins made so much money for like three straight years in the in the redskins like he had such a pay jump because they didn't want to sign into a long long-term deal 
I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. I don't get why the Steelers won't um, give him something. Like, I mean, the smart thing to do would have been to have signed him to a long-term deal last year because you'd be a year into that deal and one year farther along. And the time value of money is huge. Um, money is worth most to you right now. Um, and future money is going to be worth less. So what you should do is you should invest right away. And the Steelers should have signed him last year to a long-term deal because they would be a year into that and they would have decreased their exposure. But they made a bad business decision and now they're a year farther along and they still have this good player and they need him. Ben Roethlisberger is, is older. Um, they've, I mean, they've got some good wide receivers, but their division is not... Um, actually, the division's kind of junk right now. I don't know the Raven. The Ravens are bad. Everyone thinks the Browns are going to be amazing, but they could be terrible. You know, the Browns are an unknown quantity that experience would have as bet on being terrible. And the Bengals could be anything. The Bengals could be a ten-win team, or they could be a four-win team. And like, it, this seems to be actually now that I'm thinking about it, this seems to be the time to gamble for the Steelers because they're. I mean, they're going to be entering a rebuilding cycle sometime in the near future. They don't know when. Ben Roethlisberger is going to determine that. But long-term contracts on skill positions with players who are past their prime will kill any attempt to rebuild. Um, so How old do you guys think Le'Veon is? I think he's probably 26. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly it's 27. Uh, yeah. I feel like this whole conversation makes him seem a lot older. Like, it makes me feel like he should be but, 30. But, but the miles, yeah. though, that's what you have to think about it. Like, he's been used at such a high rate. In their offense, to your point, I mean, passing and running. I think that yeah, factor, he, that's why it feels like he's older than he is. Well, he played at Michigan State our freshman year of undergrad. Yeah. And then he left after that, and he's been in the NFL since then. Yeah, this is his, I think, sixth season. Sixth season. Okay, so he stayed one yeah. more year. He stayed one more year, and then he left. He's been in the NFL since we were juniors in, in college. So... Decent amount of work. That's that's a decent amount of work. I don't know. The Steelers made. I, I don't think the Steelers made a good, a bad business. Made a good business decision a year ago, but they're making a good one now. Um, and we talked about this in the summer, and I told you that I felt good about both decisions from both sides. Like if I were Le'Veon and yeah. out, and if I were the Steelers, I wouldn't resign them. Right. Yeah. So here I we are. I, I think that's fair. What does? At what point does he come back this year? November. Because I think he has to come to back by November to get his paid. Like, paid. I think when someone's willing to give the Steelers something for him, someone that's in the NFC. Oh, you think he doesn't play another? I game? don't know you if they. Can. I think I think someone. I think well, like the Steelers or someone, or no, the Steelers, the Seahawks, maybe that are having issues with their whole team. So someone who thinks that they should be winning right away. That or things are just a running back away. Maybe like the Cardinals. Maybe Sam Bradford turns out to be the Sam Bradford he was for a couple of weeks last year, and they're winning a lot. And they're like, "Hey, we get Le'Veon. We're we've got the division locked up. You know, let's let's go out and push all of our pieces to the center of the board." So I'm not entirely sure on this. Like Le'Veon can't just like they would have to trade, and I don't know what the Steelers would like take for Le'Veon. Right? Yeah. Like he can't just go and sign with anyone. No, He's no, not like a free agent. That's what I'm yeah. saying is that they would, they would trade him to someone presumably in the <laughs> NFC and not the AFC. Yeah, a JHI situation, if you would. 
Okay. Uh, really quickly, to close the NFL conversation, the Bears, big news over the weekend, trading for Khalil Mack. Uh, they've launched into the, uh, I guess, like the Houston Texans or like whatever team people like to call like the sexy, uh, like undersold or undervalued uh, team that can make a push. Everyone's now on the Bears. Do you guys buy that? Khalil Mack makes them a playoff team. John, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, I thought the Bears could be okay this year before this, just because I thought their division was going to have some turnover in it um, because of the uncertainty with the Packers. Like the Lions are going through changes, and I think Mike Zimmer is a bad football coach. Um, So, I mean, Khalil Mack makes their defensive line better. The defensive line was pretty good. I think it was a strength for them at this point anyway. So it's just adding on top of that. I don't know how much better it makes them. They're like – so like in the past two years, they traded away like two first-round picks for – what's his face? Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. And Mitchell. they traded away two more for Khalil Mack. So somehow they're like four first-round picks in the hole at this point. So I don't – I don't know. I mean – Maybe they'll win nine games this year. I don't think they're going to win ten. Just looking at the depth chart of this defense is unreal. I think like they might have the best linebacking crew uh, in the NFL. Roquan Smith isn't going to start for them. That's how it's currently listed. Yeah. Which is insane in my head. Re- they have a really good defense. like, And that's going to... That's it's gonna help out a lot, especially if they play a conservative offensive yeah. style. It means the de- they're gonna be maximizing the time their defense is on the field. It's the Jacksonville be... Jaguars Blake Bortles model. Their their back set. Well, okay, I guess their back eight because they play three four uh, is so good. Um, yeah. I don't understand what the Raiders were doing. Like <laughs> I just don't. I don't. No. I can't Got comprehend it. Got to trade. <laughs> John, so, John Gruden, there are so John many Gruden's rumors got a coming 10 out. Ten-year contract. That's what he was. I know <laughs> a ten-year, one hundred million dollar contract. They can't give money to Cleo Mack. They basically traded away a future Hall of Famer and the only player to ever uh, make the Pro Bowl in two different positions. I I just can't comprehend the rumors coming out of Oakland. I guess are that like they didn't like they didn't have the equity to actually pay. Yeah, uh, Cleo Mack. <laughs> they don't have the cash. The on ga- hand. Yeah, the guarantee. <laughs> money that was for his contract because i'm assuming in part because of the fat contract they gave john gruden um and Derek carr didn't they give Derek carr a a big like five-year deal they did right after he like ripped his acl in Uh half (laughs) i don't know i'm not believing in chicago i think their offense is going to struggle um i don't know that defense is going to be really fun to watch and they're going to be on the field a lot so There's I'll be like interested to watch the Bears. So that's a tough division that. too. I mean, like people, I, I people I think are on the Vikings, although like they've a uh, different team than last year. And then we got, learned that we can never sleep on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So those are two teams that they have to prove that they can leap. One of those two teams. But I, I think they're being smart because they're not trying to fight fire with fire. They're not mm-hmm. trying to build an offense that's better than Aaron Rodgers or. A, like yeah. they're not trying to get a quarterback that's better than Aaron Rodgers or an offense that's a better system than Minnesota's. Instead, they're saying, "Look, we're going to neuter that. 
and we're just <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make your awful the awful defense that the Packers have match up against our thing where we just run the ball right up the middle every time, and we're I mean we're gonna make sure Harrison Smith is actually as good as everyone thinks he is on on defense with the Vikings. And I s- I think the Vikings are still the superior team in that division because um, they're good on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I do know that I think Aaron Rodgers like collarbone squeaked when he heard of Khalil Mack going to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I love the the Raiders. To me, are just like the they're like the like Arrested Development. Now there's money in the banana stand. We're, we're just <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, someone who's good with Photoshop. John Gruden's face into uh, George Blue Senior. <laughs> make it happen that's the most perfect analogy uh okay uh anything else nfl otherwise we'll jump right into college football um nick Foles is the starting quarterback for the philadelphia nick Foles Eagles. is the starting quarterback closing the loop on that conversation from yeah. two weeks ago yeah right, we'll, we'll get to that game here that's it's coming up we're going to we're going to talk about your eagles don't worry uh let's do a fairly quick week one recap i'm trying to figure out if i should uh frame this up as all we have, we have like a nice framing device for the three teams that we want to talk about here um do you want to go one by one i want to lay it out it's your call you're the host, I'm the host. all right notre dame back yes Ag- agreed yes or no john <laughs> go to you um, first. <laughs> notre dame never left so i don't know if they can be back um notre dame's back yeah I guess Cooper's not going to weigh in. Cooper doesn't really care about Notre Dame, but I have I have a kind of a hot take. But Cooper, go ahead. I'm uh, being careful about my expectations with Notre Dame. I don't want to get too excited yet. It was game one. I'm still trying to decide whether or not Notre Dame looked really good or looked really bad. I think it was a little combination of both. To me, I was most confused by what type of offense Michigan was running because it looked like they were running like a spread power. West Coast offense, and I just like couldn't figure it out the whole time. Yeah. Um, so well, like, had- I'm, our defense looked good, but like I said, I don't know if that's because like Michigan had no idea what they were doing, and our offense was good in the first half, but in the second half we kind of struggled to put the game away. So, I'll say they're back for now. Sure, I'm just really trying to stay cautious. You you touched on my sort of hot take, which Brandon Wimbush. Got a lot of good press after the game on Saturday. I think mostly rightfully so, but he did not look good in the second half at all. Like he, how many passes did he complete in the second half? It, it was three or four at most. He was doing a lot of the loft the loft the ball up and hope for either uh, pass interference or your your receiver to make a miraculous catch. He should have had an interception in the first half. Chris Finke bailed him out with a uh, an out-of-body Randy Moss experience over a larger Michigan defender. Um, so I'm not all the way in on Brandon Wimbush as make, having made this leap, which it seemed like I almost everywhere you looked on Sunday morning, people were saying that he had made like the, the, the leap to, I don't know, whatever level he needed to be at. Well, I, I, I think there are two different leaps Brandon Wimbush could have made. A mental leap and an ability leap. And he certainly didn't make the ability leap. And you can look at his numbers and you can see that. 
but he did make a mental leap. Um, Cause there were a couple times last year watching the games on TV where they would like, Brandon would have a bad play or something and they'd cut to a close up of him. And you just see like this fear in his eyes. Like just, you'd see, you'd see scared eyes. Um, and that, that happened a couple times uh, during the game against Michigan, like a huge sack on second down. Like it was like a 19 yard sack. And they followed it up with a quarterback draw that, that he executed perfectly and ran 22 yards and got tackled in the middle of the field um, afterwards. I think, so I think mentally he was a much different quarterback than he has been, but physically he was pretty much the same. Uh, maybe a little bit better, but um, hopefully that'll come. So I'll actually defend Brandon Wimbush a little bit. Um, and I think this was one huge advantage from Michigan. And honestly, like a huge critique I have um, of Jim Harbaugh, who I think should be on the hot seat, even though the president of Michigan said he's not. I don't understand how you go one and six against your rivals. Uh, it's embarrassing. Um, I think the point about Brandon Wimbush is like that's what's necessary to beat Michigan. So it's one of my huge critiques about Jim Harbaugh. Um, he hasn't fixed it yet. They get absolutely demolished by running quarterbacks, and it doesn't look super pretty, and it never does, but they don't know how to stop it. I mean, that's essentially like how he has lost all three games to Ohio State. JT Barrett, like you look at those stats, sucked as a passer against Michigan, but always found a way to move the ball, and sometimes it was ugly, but it was because it was on the ground. I think Brandon Wimbush looked really good and gave us a running threat. Um, and I think that's what kind of was probably the game plan going in because it's a huge weakness of Michigan's defense, and they have not found a solution for it yet. Yeah, and I think in addition to that, I mean, Robert Hainsey, one of his one of his linemen, was basically playing on one leg, um, which is a huge problem and not something that was widely reported going into the game. And he's probably not Hainsey's probably not going to play against Ball State. Um, he's probably going to get the week off, and. Um, on top of that, I mean, uh, Rashawn Gary and we just what was his name? Winovich. Yeah, Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich. They're like they're like two amazing D linemen. They're both going to be in the first like fifteen people in the NFL draft. They're both going to be playing on Sunday next year. And it, I mean, this this is probably the best defense Notre Dame is going to face all year. I mean, USC's is going to be up there in terms of talent, but I think in terms of coaching and talent and like everything you could put together. They're probably going to be the best defense Notre Dame faces all year, and they had them in the first half. They had, their coaches had a great game plan. I mean, they came out and they aired out the ball. They tried to they tried to force those matchups to work out in Notre Dame's favor, and for the first time in a year, matchups with wide receivers worked out in Notre Dame's favor. Um, and I mean, it was exciting. It was great. We went up by a lot, and then we held on for dear life, but. Like, uh, a buddy of mine was complaining about how we played in the second half, but, I mean, we won the game in the second half. You can't win the game in the first half. You can only win it in the second, and we that's what we did. So Brandon Wimbush, uh, to look at that, I looked it up for you while you were talking. Brandon Wimbush was three for eight with an interception in the second half. Yeah, by there you go. It really should have been two interceptions, but um, he got bailed out on that screen pass. Had he been more accurate with the screen pass, though, it would have been a touchdown. The one to Avery Davis that got um, swatted into the turf. Yeah, um, Notre Dame's defense won the game for them in the second half. Is that? I mean, they didn't give up. They gave up three points. If you take out the kickoff return until the very last drive, where Michigan was basically running pass, 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 hurry up to score, 
in a last-ditch effort. Like, Notre Dame's defense was, in my opinion, the most encouraging thing of that game. Yeah, we had multiple – I think we had three sacks, which is not normal – has not been normal for the past two years. Um, and, I mean, Khalid Kareem played great. Jerry Tillery played great. Uh, was it Kareem that had the interception? No, it was Julian Aquara. It was Julian Aquara, a D lineman dropping back yep. in coverage. That was like, that was amazing. I mean, he got his head around. Like that's a play you don't see. I mean, any D lineman make that kind of play no. in coverage, fifteen yards downfield. What? And we would run plays like that back when uh, what's his face, the psycho crazy defensive coordinator that we fired before <laughs> Brian Van Gorder. Brian Van Gorder. Brian Van Gorder. Rest would his run, soul. He would run stunts like that, and and like. The, the D lineman had no idea what was going on, and it would it would always be a huge liability. So I mean, that was great. I love I love our defense. Hopefully Hold they on. they keep going. Sorry, timeout. Does Michigan have an offensive coordinator? Um, they have five guys on staff. I think they all yeah. used to be offensive coordinators. Yeah, they had. So this is where I'm going to bash Ed Warner, um, who was the offensive line coach at Michigan. Um, and I know we want to move on. I think this hire is ridiculous because he basically ran Ohio State's offense into the ground. I was just so unimpressed with Michigan, and I picked them to be in my playoff. Um, I really thought this was the year for Harbaugh. He find Shea Patterson is light years ahead of the quarterbacks he has had there in his past two oh, years. Yeah. yeah, and that offense sucked, sucked. They were they had no idea what they were doing. They didn't even have like a philosophy. It was so bad. Well, Ugh. and they they have athletes there like. Whatever Peoples Jones, whatever the guy's first name is. Yeah, their wide fast. receivers are so talented. Like it's insane. You could you could run a spread offense, and like I mean, you've got your Michigan, so you have some tight ends that you could mix in there too. And it's like they just don't have an offensive identity, and it's ridiculous. It's insane. Sorry, one more thing to close on this. I turned to the buddy I was watching the game with and said about Michigan tight end, "Is that Jake Butt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not Jake Butt anymore. Not Jake Butt." No they, they like Notre Dame, have like a factory of large white tight ends. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have Alizé Mack, who is biracial, I think. Yeah. And also, so. Alizé Mack is back. Yes. After getting like, oh, that, that made me so angry, the targeting call early on. I saw yeah. watching it live from our vantage point. Yeah. I thought it was like a bang, bang play. And then yeah. they showed the replay on the video board. And it was like, yeah. nope. Hold on, timeout, timeout. I actually disagree with you on this. Because if you think of it from the perspective of what is that Michigan safety supposed to do there, and you have, there's nothing else you could have done there. Lower your head yeah. and, and ram your head into he his did. head? He hit him he with, his he hit with his shoulder. Whatever. But he hit the, he hit the opponent in the head. Like I, no, no, the intent, it follows the, the rule. Intent of it has the rule? to be targeting. But it's just like, what else do you do there? Later on in the game, uh, Julian, or no, not, our, other, our other starting safety, not Aloha Gilman, um, he lit up one of yeah, Michigan's wide receivers yeah. and, on the and screen pass. With kind of like held your breath. You hold yeah. your breath waiting for the flag. <laughs> yeah. But he let it that that was all shoulder. Um so anyway. Yeah. Well Hi Gilman also so so Huge great. Game. Huge so game. glad he transferred from Navy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for leaving the team that typically is the Notre Dame like season ruiner one way or another. Yeah. Um, okay. We are going to do the other. So the framing device I mentioned earlier. So Notre Dame back. We can agree on that. Texas very much not back. <laughs> Texas, <laughs> Texas has or no, it was Maryland has beaten two top twenty-five teams since two thousand eleven. Both of them are Texas. Yeah. <laughs> um, just 
horribly disappointing start to the season for uh, Texas and Tom Herman. I don't know. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this. Um, if you're Texas, though, does that mean this has got to be hugely deflating, right? Well, they can still play to win the Big 12, but um, this is just, it's just, it's garbage. I don't know what is going on. Because Charlie Strong was a great head coach. I think everyone kind of universally agreed that Tom Herman was a great coach. I don't know what is going on in Texas that they're so bad. Yeah, I have no idea either. It's, uh, it, yeah. I mean, like, they're out, they're officially out of the playoff race. I never really thought they were in it. It's pretty much impossible to go. I think there's only one team, one out of the 16 teams has lost a non conference game and made the playoffs, and that's Ohio State. Um, so I'd be disappointed if I were a Texas fan. I don't know how they're going to fix it. I don't know if it's fixable. Texas, not back. Not back. Uh, lastly, Miami, uh, they were back. Now they, you could say they're not back. We're just going to go ahead and say that they're gone. Miami yeah. got stomped, curb stomped by Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers. We all nailed that game. Everyone was down on LSU. Everyone thought that Coach O was not going to last through the season. This team was uh, overranked. They were top, They were 25th. They had like the obligatory top 25 ranking. And Cooper, your man, Joe Burrow. LSU might actually have a quarterback. I can't believe I'm saying this after what feels That's like That's what two I said, days. right? Yeah. I said LSU was going to have a quarterback. Yeah, Joe Burrow looks good. Yeah. That was, I think, There's there are a few things more poetic to me than Ed Orgeron beating the turnover chain Miami and just like pummeling them. Mm-hmm. Did you see the turnover just, towel? The turnover towel was excellent. Yes. Excellent. As was Boise State's turnover throne. Throne is great. Yeah. Although I have some I have some issues with the throne being white. Why? Why? Boise State, you've got like your hallmark oh, is yeah. colorful. Like why is that turnover oh, throne yeah, yeah. not orange or blue? Or both. Like or both. tiger tiger stripes. The huge mess. It's uh, like it's like Cincinnati, uh, UC or not UC, uh, FC, FC, since since FC not being purple and orange, you know, huge mess. Wait, why would they be purple and orange? Because we talked that? about how they would be dope colors and Queen City purple royal. Oh yeah, um, we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they would, would be a dope color scheme. That that was a little toss out to the longtime listeners. You know, just <laughs> a little least. reward. Apparently, yeah. I'm not because I totally forgot that. All right. <laughs> Uh, okay, we need to do the pick six in record time, and it's good because I feel like well, eh, good luck. Most most of these games, I know. I'm not gonna also <laughs> if this if this podcast goes an hour. Sorry, Cooper. I know your bedtime is quickly approaching, but uh, we might approach the hour mark for the first time ever. Uh, all right, pick six record update. You guys both went five and one. Your only loss was Cooper's loss to the Michigan pick. John's was. Oh. <laughs> only we, if only someone could have foreseen that one. Yeah. Um, and then I went four and two. I whiffed on uh, Washington, who I, I believe still can still be the counterexample, Cooper, to your point that uh, losing a it's non-conference tough. game. It's tough when your conference sucks. But if do you're you... going to do it, do a week one and do it against a Agreed. top ten team. Yeah, Agreed. Do you remember um, your, other, your other loss, Jeff? 
Oh, I took uh, I took UConn against yeah. the defending <laughs> national champions, and the game was never competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so I I deserve that one. Uh, okay, pick six for this week. We'll start with Notre Dame Ball State doing this one against the spread. Notre Dame last I checked, thirty four and a half point favorites. Yeah, John, do you like Notre Dame in the points, or do you like Ball State? That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points, but it's also Ball State. It's also Ball so Hard State. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm going to take Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I assume we can. I mean, we can score 35 points. I know that, and then maybe the defense will shut them out. Cooper, uh, sorry, I'm looking up stats to back this up. You really uh, have stats to, to dive into? Yeah, the I, mean, I got to get into. State. I, I got to get into this. So much for the record time. Yeah, That's sorry. Bad. No, I'm confirming that Ball State was one of the weaker teams in the MAC, which I think they were. Um, um, yeah, they finished last last year in the MAC West. You could so say they're Mac one of the weaker teams, teams then. Yeah, they're one of the weaker teams in the MAC. <laughs> they were 0 and 8 in the conference, so quality team there. Um, Notre Dame's covering. I feel pretty good about that one. Why the heck is Ball State on our schedule? Could we not have like scheduled like Northern Illinois? Or it's, like Miami of Ohio, or like someone just did. Won. Yeah, it's it's Notre Dame connections. I think their athletic director went to Notre Dame, and so oh, they're that's awful. We're, we're in a throwing throwing them bones so that they can move up the uh, move up the and probably game. paying them a couple hundred thousand dollars to come up. I imagine that. <laughs> At least, to come all yeah. the way up from Muncie, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll take Notre Dame too. This is yeah, yeah. Enough said, uh, John. Yes. Mississippi State going into the Little Apple, oh, the Bill man. Snyder Family Stadium at noon on Saturday. That's Let a me new tell you, game? you don't want to go into Bill Snyder Family Stadium at noon on a Saturday and play the Kansas State Wildcats as seven and a half point favorites. John, how do you feel about this game? Well, while I am normally a fan of the of Wildcats um, in many in many situations. Uh, here, the uh, Nick Fitzgerald is going to return. He's going to lead the Bulldogs to at least an eight-point victory. Um, I have zero idea what is what Kansas State team Kansas State's team looks like this year, but uh, what is it? Um, more cowbell, as in Joe Moorhead and cowbell. It's the new hashtag. They're they're going to win out. Um, uh, PSA to all the Mississippi State listeners: This is something my older sister suggested, and something I feel like I should pass along. You all should start mooing at the games because it would just really freak out uh, just everyone. It really, you know, no one would know what's going on. Really lean into the whole cow thing. Uh, that'd be a great tradition. So yeah, Hell State, go State, clang clang. I'm just trying to imagine what a, a stadium full of people mooing. It'd probably just sound like booze, right? That's what we thought. Yeah, that's what my older my older brother was like. They just think you're booing. You shouldn't do it. And we're yeah. like, yeah. You can maybe do it so that you sound like cats. You gotta really enunciate the M. Uh, yeah. I'll take the Wildcats. Let's go, Cats. My uh, my Kansas State insiders tell me that Kansas State has a little bit of a quarterback controversy this year. They got a two quarterback uh, system, but I, I have to stand for the Big Twelve here. Yeah, I'll, I I'll take like the how Jeff's the training insider information. I'm gonna go with uh, State here. Yes. State. Wait, which? Oh, uh, Kai, see what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're sticking to it. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go with the Mississippi version. The best version of 
the state. In that specific battle, sure. Next one. Sorry, we had a quick interruption. Uh, <laughs> UCLA, Oklahoma. Uh, we're not doing the game. We're doing the over-under. So total points scored in the game. Uh, 64 and a half is the over-under in this game. Over hard. Yeah. Hard. I, I'm over. slamming yeah, we, the over. Slamming. Oklahoma's going to score 65 points themselves. <laughs> UCLA lost to Cincinnati. Yes, over. they did. Over. Chip Kelly off to a uh, rough, rough start. <laughs> uh, so all we're all, we're all pounding the over. That's good to know. <laughs> Glad we're on the same Watch page. it be like a 10-7 game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, going to be like this freak hurricane that happens. And yeah. Uh, all right. Cincinnati, Miami. John put this one on the board for some reason. Uh, well, but yeah, I do. No, no, I, no, no, no. I do like it, though, because it's the Battle for Ohio. I yeah, the Battle for Ohio. Okay. Yeah. I needed so much because once again, my brain went immediately uh, to soccer again. I don't know why. I was thinking Miami, like collegiate Ohio. soccer. Uh, I, I totally forgot that these two colleges played soccer, even in my hometown. Um, I mean, football. Wow. I'll go first. I'm going to go with uh, it's a one point. I'll take UC here. Luke Fickle in year Let's two. Let's just trade it as a pick em. So it's you pick the winner, which is yeah. essentially what you're doing. One point. Yeah. Line. UC. Okay. Jeff? Yeah, I'll take UC. They, they went into UCLA and won, right? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know why that game would have been at. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, because we talked about driving there to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to take Miami. Uh, you falling into the trap of being the third one to picks and realizing that we all can't pick the same teams for six games. Yeah, but but, but I mean, I mean, they, they, they've got a Notre Dame guy running the the team. In theory, they'll uh, they'll be good. So yeah. love and honor. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving to the NFL. Atlanta at Philly. John, the Eagles opening their season uh, at home on Thursday night. They are four point favorites, which I think is a little bit of a disrespectful line to the Super Bowl champs. But then again, Philly uh, and Atlanta played a very close game in the playoffs. Uh, John, I'll start with you since you went last and this is your team. Uh, yeah, okay. You, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go Birds. Uh, not, not the Dirty Birds, which are the Falcons, but uh, Fly Eagles, Fly Birds. Um, Philly special. Uh, Nick Foles is the Super Bowl MVP. He's going to be leading the boys out there. Uh, Doug Peterson's a great coach. Defense is still good. Wide receivers are even better than they were last year. Um, they're going to win. Uh, they're going to win by at least four points. They're probably going to win by 10. I'm going to take the Falcons. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think what, what you just said there about the Philly special, well, which, was a, which was an illegal formation and a penalty, by the way, oh, um, yeah. illustrates the, the Philly, uh, that the, yeah, the Philly is resting on their laurels a little bit, that the Eagles are getting a little uh, hangover coming their way. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Falcons. Jeff, you know Miles Jack wasn't down. Um, just saying. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna go with the Falcons here too. I think we've seen oh, in recent, like in recent years, yes. the uh, Super Bowl winning teams don't necessarily perform that well in Week One. And I'm, I mean, I think losing, not losing, not having Carson Wentz or Alshon uh, Jeffrey in there in Week One is going to hurt the Eagles. Um, I don't know of any major injuries uh, for the Falcons. I could just see the Eagles coming out flat. I don't think this means they're going to have a bad season by any means. I still think they're probably the favorite out of the NFC. Um, but they got some things to figure out on defense. They moved some players around. They brought in Michael Bennett. Uh, 
um, which ultimately I think is an addition. But I could just see them coming out flat. Do you know who the Eagles have on their practice squad? Uh, no. Josh Adams. Just thought, just thought we should all be aware. Hype, uh, Heisman, Heisman hype train alumni. Yep. Offensive rookie of the year. Hype, John? Who knows? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> many, many are saying. <laughs> Look up those odds. See what yeah. we can get him at. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> What's his $10? Uh, <laughs> Ten dollars and kids will go to college for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right, last game: Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. We'll just do this as a pick'em too. The line's pretty low; uh, it's one and a half. Indy favor- is favored by a point and a half. Yeah. Um, but since he kind of like the Bears have been getting sleeper buzz from from different people around like the NFL talking head world. So Cooper, since this is your squad. Uh, who you like in this game? So here's the deal with like thinking about how the Bengals are going to be, and, and this is pretty much how it's always been in the past like six years since Andy Dalton's been here. Um, the Bengals are undoubtedly the superior team talent-wise to the Colts. I don't think there's a worse defense in the NFL than uh, the one that the Colts have. But it's whether or not Marvin Lewis uh, can ruin the Bengals, which is always a possibility. I'll pick the Bengals. Why not? I think they're going to score plenty enough points against that Colts team. Um, the offense was looking really good in the preseason. Who knows how that de- the offensive line is going to hold up, though. Um, and I think there are some studs on defense, especially on the defensive line. So uh, maybe we apply enough pressure on Andrew Luck in his first you know, regular season game in what feels like a decade. John, yeah. the last. You can go ahead. Okay, so um, I'd be insane not to take Prison Kate's ponies in this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'd be scared too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be go- I'll, be go- I'll be going with Indy. Um, That's self-preservation right there. Yeah, it's fine. That is. That is. I don't know. <laughs> NFL games can be so weird where any team could win on any given weekend for the most part, um, except for the Browns. Never bet on the Browns. Um, so yeah, why not? Like that's that's really my approach to this game. I don't know much about either team, so why not? Yeah, I'll take Cincy. I don't know. I like I like their skill position guys. I like AJ Green. I like is it John Ross Cooper? Yeah, dude. John Ross had the most explosive play of his yeah. career, which is I'm only falling been like five the, games. The Twitter gifable like uh yeah, trap. It was very gifable. Yeah. No, you did fall into that trap. The juke. juke he is very likely to also like not run a route at hundred percent and Marvin Lewis sit route the rest of the year, because that's what happened last year. He's taking so a play out he's taking a there. play out of the uh out of the Browns playbook, and just if you screw up, you play every game or play yeah. every snap of the game. <laughs> That'd be nice. You don't, yeah. don't get off the field, yeah. <laughs> the Hugh Jackson model. Uh, hold on, take a quick pause. We're at fifty-one-ish minutes. Perfect. Let's keep it rolling. All right, yeah, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep good going. All right. Uh, all right. So let's do the hype train, John. I believe you have some hype train. <clears throat> I do, I do. So um, we'll start with the new inductees. Well, actually, no, we'll, we'll review from last time. Um, and then after we've got all the names on there, we'll move to the, the voting off portion. Wait, um, just really quickly, can I just say, you had a manila envelope that just came into the screen, and I really thought that you were about to like pull the results out of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I can do that, though. We'll yeah. start doing that. Yeah. Just think um, about it. On an audio platform. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, last week's inductees were Will Greer, quarterback of West Virginia, 
Um, Dwayne Haskins, senior father of Dwayne Haskins, junior quarterback of Ohio State. And Chase Claypool, wide receiver from the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> this week's inductees are Khalid Kareem, uh, defensive lineman, University of Notre Dame, also defensive player of the week for the NCAA. Kyler Murray, quarterback from Oklahoma. And Tua Tagliavoa, for, uh, quarterback from Alabama. Do we want to vote anyone off? Yes. Okay. Uh, I right. will count to three. Count us down. <laughs> One, two, three. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Yes! All right. Gone! Eliminated. We'll, we'll count it. So, in a weird <laughs> twist of fate, Chase Claypool was last in the... Okay, actually, do we want to vote another person off? Uh, no, I'm coming. Arrest. Arrest, Your Honor. Arrest. Okay, so... Chase Claypool was last in the rankings anyway, so that doesn't mess this up at all. So, um, in fifth, we have Khalid Kareem. In fourth, Kyler Murray. In third, or actually, sorry, not in third. Now we have a tie for second, and we have one outright first place. Do you guys want to guess? I think Will Wilger is our outright first place. Uh, I was going to say Tua is outright first place. Yeah, it is Will Greer. Will Greer, outright wow. first place. With I'm two man. first place votes. Tua, dude, one dude first place vote. Dude had 500 passing yards. Yeah, I know, but Tua was an electric factory. Yeah, fun fact, Jeff voted for Tua number one. Um, I did. So, yeah, Tua tied with Dwayne Haskins Sr. for a second. So. so impressive for a dad. So impressive for a dad. <laughs> yeah, All I'll the things that dad bought can do. Left. I know. Yeah. All right. Do you have yeah. caught anything else? So we've got five on the Heisman hype train. I like, I liked our voting off process. That feels cleaner than last year for some reason. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't wait until week five to start doing it when there are thirty people on the hype train. Also, um, we had to have added people at a faster rate last year than this. We had oh, to we did. Like, we added two. We added like a real player and a sleeper player every That's single week. every every week. <laughs> so the second week it was like. We had over. How, we had eighteen points. How Caleb Newton got on the highest night chart for his <laughs> one game performance. And Tyler Newsom. Yeah. Fun fact. He, he deserved um, to be there. I Sorry. saw Caleb Newton on the on ESPN. Like they were throwing up his stats because he had like a great week um, earlier. So. They were, it was yeah yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's a sleeper. Maybe he's gonna get inducted soon. I'm not putting anything past you, John, with uh. Notre Dame players. Who knows? I got one. I got one on there still. So <laughs> yeah, we can only vote off one at a time. John's yeah. strategy is just to keep, keep the just yeah. count at one. It's a war of attrition. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have some college football playoff rankings for us as well? I do. I do. So um, I was gonna say who we ranked last week, but I realized that the envelope that I wrote that on the back of um, got thrown away. So I don't know. I mean, we had eight teams last week, and you can go back and you can listen. Um, I, will, I will copy this week's Google Doc. Um, but I'll give you seven through five, and then we'll do a dramatic reveal for four, three, two, one. And in seven. And a commercial break. In seventh, <laughs> Oklahoma. Number six, Tigers of A-Barn. And number five is Clemson. No love for Oklahoma? You guys got to be kidding me. Who did Oklahoma play? Uh, FAU, Oklahoma who won 10 games last exactly year. Okay. Impressive. Oklahoma Oklahoma looks like exactly Michael Vick 2004 reincarnated. That's Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, someone's got to win the Big 12. 
Yeah, that's true. Trail. That's right. Yeah, someone does have to win the Big Twelve eventually. One true champion. Yeah, yeah one true champion. Um, also, continuing to give no love to Clemson. Yeah, yeah I just. Yeah, because your guys' Florida State picks looked really good this week. Just throwing that out there. I didn't pick Florida State. Florida State looked really good from the just ACC. Great showing for Notre Dame, though, with this Vatech matchup looming in October. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Yep. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Um, and number four, the Wisconsin, ba- Wisconsin Badgers. Number three. Do you want to guess who number three is? Ohio State, because I didn't Notre, put Notre Dame. It is indeed the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Goodness gracious. <laughs> in the playoff. <laughs> I mean, I put them in my four. I don't still understand how. Okay, I guess that's how points work. I didn't put Ohio State in my top four. Remember. I put Notre Dame in my four. Jeff, you did not. Uh, I did yeah. not put them in. I think okay. I put them in three. Jeff's was the only bet. So um, there was a period in, in time there where Notre Dame was actually tied for the lead. Um, tied for number one. And then and then Jeff sent me his ballot. So, we ha- so we're down to the last two. Any predictions? Ugh. Ohio State is two. Ohio State is one. Yeah. yeah. Ohio State is number two. Alabama is number one. Unchanged from last week. Um, however, Alabama's lead has shrunk to one point. So, did Ohio both State, of you guys rank Ohio State like one? Did uh, I? Ohio State had one. No, I did. I did Bama one. Ohio State had one number one vote and had one number two vote. Alabama only appeared on two ballots. So, okay. That's what, that's God, what come on, trying, man. <laughs> Dude, we're never going to get this like AP vote that we want if, with your continued behavior. We need a larger sample size. <laughs> okay. So, that is, so, John, the last thing I'll ask of you to round out the show before we waste the data is your mortal lock of the week on which you are owed one because you rode with the FAU. My uh, plus 21 pick against Oklahoma, and they got railroaded in Norman by Kyler yeah. Murray, my Heisman frontrunner, and uh, Oklahoma, my playoff pick. So who do you have for us this week? For the <laughs> Mortal yeah. Lock of the Week. Mortal Lock of the Week. Um, so we're going, a, going a, a different route here. Um, off the beaten path, not a lot of action going on this game, so the line is a little bit distorted. Um, and that's the, uh, the Leopards of Lafayette playing at the Delaware Blueheads. Um, little known fact, my great-great-grandfather started a fraternity at Lafayette College in Pennsylvania. Um, so, anyway, 25 and a half points, that's a lot for a team that hasn't won a football game yet this year. Uh, Delaware lost to their last, the last team they played. And while Lafayette did only manage six points against Sacred Heart, um, I, like, I like, the, like the Leopards. They're sitting second in the Patriot League right now. And um, I think it's a, it's a 3.30 p.m. kickoff, too, so the boys are going to be ready to go playing in prime time. So I would uh, take the points there, you know? John, you like Wait. these big spreads taking dogs that are, like, <laughs> that are getting 20-plus points. It's well, an interesting yeah, like, strategy. It's, it's where you make the money. It's <laughs> Clearly. And we got uh-huh. to make up for last week, so in a bit of a hole. Okay. I like you find trying to find value going off the beaten path and um, looking for market inefficiencies. Yeah. All about inefficiencies. Uh, all right, let's do the waste of data. Wrap it up. 
Uh, while I try to think of one. I'll go. Cooper's All right. Ready. Um, yeah, I'm ready this time. So Desmond Howard tweeted out, um, it's ridiculous to call Dwayne Haskins a Heisman favorite after the Oregon State game. There's nothing he could have done that game to make him a Heisman favorite. Um, and then he posted a link to Dropbox, which I think is probably the more wasted data because I didn't know Dropbox was like still around. I thought that was something I used in like middle school to give assignments to teachers. Anyways, Desmond Howard had a bad weekend, so I kind of forgive him. Uh, his beloved Wolverines lost after he predicted that they would win. And yeah, I mean, Dwayne Haskins and Ohio State were playing Oregon State. I'm not getting too hyped. But the dude looked pretty legit and pretty much made every throw that was expected or not even expected, asked of him to make. Um, he set, you know, records for starters um, across pretty much many categories uh, in terms of school records. So he looked impressive. He can certainly garner hype with the eyes and eyes. That was an absurd take. And the use of Dropbox was absurder. <laughs> I use Dropbox like the last year. Don't don't Dropbox shame. I'm Dropbox shaming. They're Many what? other tools what? that you can use. <laughs> uh, all right, John, do you have a waste of data? Um, yeah, my waste of data is uh, Braylon Edwards. Um, yeah. He, oh, sweet. Let's go for a Michigan three-peat. Yeah. Let's um, do it. So Braylon Edwards uh, trashed Michigan on his uh, his Twitter feed, saying, you know, <laughs> saying a lot of the same things that we've said about Jim Harbaugh on this podcast. He just used profanity to say them um and he's i think an official representative of the university of michigan too uh so it's a little weird um but my waste of data is they came out in like the last in i guess yesterday with a thing that said well he was inebriated and it's like yeah if you're a public figure and you get drunk and then you send out things that you regret later the fact that you were drunk really doesn't excuse you about that um Maybe take away the phone next time. Maybe take some responsibility instead. Maybe own up and maybe say, hey, you know what? I was drunk. I didn't mean to use the profanity, but this is what I believe. And we're in a bad spot. So, um, yeah, that's my waste of data. Wasn't he, yes. more, wasn't he more in trouble because he went after players than the fact they went after Harbaugh? Oh, did he go after players? I didn't notice Well, that. he's also a member of uh, – I'm pretty sure he's a member of BTN. Yeah, Big Ten Network. So that's yeah, really was. where the problem lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll make it a Michigan three-peat, kind of. John, you weren't lucky enough to watch the game on NBC on Saturday night. The fact that the Michigan down and distance appeared yes. yellow. Oh, my God. It was so confusing. Every, Every single time play. Michigan ran a play, there was a foul. Every time, there was a flag. Yeah, <sighs> it was incredibly disorienting. Um, and I think I saw the NBC like issued an official like pseudo apology, which is the most <laughs> hilarious part about the whole thing. Like we were talking a couple weeks ago about how the NFL, when they did the color rush game, didn't realize that if you do red and green, that looks the same to colorblind people. This is like NBC's color mix up. Uh, no, this was, is worse. This, this, is this worse. should have just been common sense. Yeah. Like you can't put the same color that you use for the flag on one of the teams. Like, backgrounds i'd like rewire my uh like most base instincts middle of the game it was hard <laughs> it's challenging no it's coming back there's a holding it's coming yeah. back <laughs> <laughs> John, John, you, you missed out yeah no kidding no kidding uh all right that is this week's all the small takes a very long very extensive very fun all the small takes thank you for tuning in We'll be back next week, same time, same place, same people.
Go Irish. Dope.